time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Dot Campbell is the author of the book, You're Not the Boss of Me, Take Control of Your Subconscious Mind. This book demystifies the subconscious mind process and identifies methods that brought success to her students and clients physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Dot has dedicated over 30 years to creating and teaching easy-to-learn techniques to use to get the subconscious mind's most positive benefits. Her background is a corporate executive in several industries, along with her master's in education and a doctorate in metaphysics, provides a wealth of business and personal knowledge and experience that she passes on to others. She has an unusual combination of life experience and many certifications in energy work that she brings to her work. Dot believes we all have the power to create a life of balance, love, and peace. We just have to learn how to access that power. Dot founded the Self Power Center to fulfill her passion and purpose to gently guide each individual to easily connect to that power within their highest good. Join me now as I have a discussion with Dot Campbell on how to work through and deal with and reprogram your subconscious mind. Dot, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm excited to be talking about the subconscious mind because. I think most people assume that their conscious mind is really in control, but I think you know better than that. I certainly know better than that, and you're going to tell us how that process flows. So I'm, I'm appreciative of you sharing that with people, but before we jump into that, I would love to hear kind of some, some of your own background. How did you get to here? Okay. Thank you so much, Lee. Um, how I got to here was at a very young age. I, I loved mysteries. I loved solving problems, and... In fourth grade, my teachers decided to label me as slow. So that didn't go over very well with me. And so I started investigating, why am I slow? I looked around me, my other relatives that, you know, young girls who were just a year or so older than I was, were doing brilliantly. They were doing great in, in school, but yet I was labeled as slow. So I started to, to kind of investigate it just even at that age. What's the difference between them and me? What are we doing differently? How come they can achieve all these things and I'm having to struggle even getting through a few chapters in a book that we have to read? And once that slow label was there, I just wasn't comfortable with it. My father's example was always that I was just too stubborn to accept what they had said to me. So I figured out ways that I was able to learn. And, you know, it took a lot of effort on my part to do it, but it started working and I started making A's. Not until I was 45 years old, I got diagnosed with dyslexia, which when I was a kid, that word hadn't even been invented. So through the years, I worked through school. I got straight A's. I went into business. I got promoted at a time when women weren't being promoted. I was going right up through the ladder of companies and knew I was doing it on my own, but didn't understand what it was that was helping me. I didn't know it was my subconscious mind until then I started reading books and doing research. And then I realized the processes that I was using on myself were really being processed by the subconscious mind so that I could achieve what I wanted to achieve. So 
that's how I got here. And after being successful in corporate, I started my own consulting business. And most of the companies I had worked for became my clients. And then I started the Self Power Center, which was a healing center. And now I'm a healer and a teacher. And it all was because somebody labeled me as slow and I didn't like it. We, we share a common uh, root there. I, my kindergarten teacher is the one who told my parents not to expect much from me that uh, I had uh, some severe problems. And uh, and they so they caught up with me in fourth grade when my teacher finally figured out that I'd been fooling everybody all along and pretending to read. And same thing, uh, dyslexia. Dyslexia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which gives you a different way of looking at things. It does. And you know what? I find that in my case, it was kind of a blessing for me because I was always researching things mm. and organizing things and trying to figure out why am I different? Why is this not working for me? And in doing that, then I found ways. I became the little engine that could. The more they told me I couldn't do it, the more I was proving to them I could. So talk a little bit about how you were accessing. You said you, you were using a process you weren't even aware was a process. So what were you doing back then? Um, I, I, I hear the curiosity, the research, the uh, I'm going to figure this out. But what, how was that happening for you? Well, I guess how it was happening for me was I was an only child, so I spent a lot of time by myself, and I, I talked to myself a lot and, and questioning why I wasn't getting an A in this or why this wasn't working for me or why I had to read a sentence more than once to have it make sense to me. And so in that process, I kept going, I'm, I'm doing this now. I'm reading this now. I'm able to make an A in this. I'm a So I was actually programming my subconscious mind without realizing that's what I was doing. So it was actually my conversations with myself because in my father's words, I was too stubborn to accept that I was slow. Mm. Yeah. And, and probably the stubbornness probably uh, is what propels you ahead as much as what can sometimes get in the way. So, so what you were doing was basically giving yourself a better message. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, my, my parents loved me and everything, but they didn't know what to do with me. You know, they didn't know how to make my education different. Mm -hmm. When when the teachers said that I was slow, they just kind of said, well, OK, there's nothing we can do. If the school can't fix it, we can't fix it. But I didn't like it. So I just went forward with that. And the older I got, the more I kept talking to myself that every challenge I went to was like, yes, I can do this. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to come out. And as I got older, I started to visualize everything. So I was actually seeing myself. I used to call it the, the theater of my mind. And I would sit by myself and I would actually see what I wanted to happen. So I was programming my subconscious mind visually and emotionally for it to come out the way I wanted it to come out. So I'm curious, do you think that uh, that was something that cured your dyslexia or helped you move beyond the limitations of dyslexia? I think it helped me move beyond the limitations. I'm not sure that I think you, dyslexia is controllable. I noticed, you know, if, if I get very tired, it pops back in again. But I think the process is about um, knowing that you can overcome that, mm -hmm. that the programming is there to overcome it. And that's the part of just being aware, you know, and of saying, okay, so this is the way my brain works. 
And, you know, there's been very, a lot of amazing people who were dyslexic. Uh, inventors, a lot of inventors are dyslexic because we kind of work backwards. Right. Uh, and I found that, you know, I was a sewing instructor for a lot of years and I could make patterns. I could look at somebody's outfit and make a pattern from it because my mind worked backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I, I was talking with someone the other day who's like, okay, you've, you know, I mean, I've written books and I did a PhD, so I did a lot of writing along the way and two masters, so a whole lot of writing. And here I am dyslexic. And they said, how did that happen? Yes. And I said, well, I had to figure out a way around it and started in high school, you know, when you had to make an outline and your note cards and then your paper. And I couldn't do that. So I wrote the paper. Then I wrote the outline. Then I wrote <laughs> the cards. You know? So I would slip it backwards uh, yes. to do it. And so it's a coping strategy. But yes. And I think what, what I hear you saying is that the process of using that um, and not getting stuck in the labeling and not getting stuck in yes. um, all of that was what the the processing the programming did for you exactly and and most of the time it's what you internalize goes into your subconscious mind so with a lot of my clients when they come in one of the things i'll say to them especially the women i'll go why did you color your hair that shade of green and they just look at me like what are you talking about they don't internalize that because they know their hair isn't green and it's not of any consequence to them but if i were to make a judgment or say something about something they were wearing that they had a concern about they would immediately internalize it and go yeah oh, I, I knew i shouldn't have worn this today she's going to think i'm such a jerk i shouldn't have done this and that and the minute that goes inside when you accept that information the subconscious mind puts it in a little folder in in its database and it holds it there till it's ready to use it again so it's what you accept that is in your environment that actually goes into your subconscious mind and it doesn't judge it your subconscious mind never judges it it believes everything you tell it okay so let's back up a little bit here and uh, can you kind of define what when you say subconscious what do you mean by that Okay. Your conscious mind is very judgmental and analytical. It's that part of you that is there and aware and is, you know, saying the line is crooked and and do this and do that. Your subconscious mind is kind of right under that surface. Your subconscious mind is going 24-7, never, ever stops, always accumulating information, saving every experience, and it runs mostly on emotions, and it will bring emotions back to you without telling you why they're coming back. Um, the subconscious mind, the good news is it remembers everything. The bad news is it remembers everything. So that's why sometimes later on in life, things that happened in your childhood are creating situations in your adult life that you don't even know why that's happening but it's something that responded in your childhood that is now being brought up to the surface by your subconscious mind okay so uh there are lots of ways that people define things so um long ago in psychology they talked about the unconscious and it was kind of the cesspool of everything uh-huh. it doesn't sound like that's exactly what you mean by subconscious well Any processing that's going on that is not part of your conscious mind is below your conscious mind. So whether you call it your subconscious mind, your unconscious mind, your superconscious mind, it's not part of your consciousness. It's not part of that conscious mind. So it's all that information that is stored within you that you can get to that's just sitting there. And most of the time we go and grab all the bad stuff. Hmm. 
and we go on autopilot. That's why I teach my students and clients that they reprogram so that immediately they go to the positive part. They're pulling in all the solutions that are positive. And if they see anything negative happen, they just look at it and go, oh, okay, I can, I can deal with that. And they just fix it and move on. It's more normal for them to see everything in a positive perspective than what we normally do is see it in a negative. Because when you're growing up, when you're a child, what's the first words you hear? No, don't. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sets our subconscious mind up to the fact that, okay, we'll accept anything that, that's negative. So there, um, where the Freudian idea of the unconscious was everything negative, everything was kind of it and you know all of the bad experiences that turned around and all the desires and all that that we had sublimated, you're suggesting that the subconscious is more neutral and we get to choose once we take control over that of whether we're going to be stuck in the bad stuff or whether we're reprogramming it for better stuff. Perfect. That's you have that choice. That's why my book says take control of your subconscious mind. If you just go on autopilot, the same old stuff is going to happen all the time. In your subconscious mind is where all of your habits are created, whether they're good or bad. So it's your choice whether you have a good habit or a bad habit. They're all there. So you get to choose that. And that's where the three A's are. If you become aware then you can see what's being processed and you can take action to make it into a positive situation instead of a negative one. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, th- these are the three A's of programming your subconscious mind. Correct. And the first one is aware. Right. What does that look like? Aware means just being conscious of what's happening around you, not being on autopilot that we automatically do the same thing over and over again, you know, and expect a different result. It doesn't work that way. So just being aware enough of what you are processing, okay? Then then you understand what that processing is, and then you take action to change it. The first book I ever wrote eons ago, back in the 80s, was called Emotional CPR. And emotional CPR is breathing life back into your spirit so the c is cancel the p and the r are positively replaced so my students and clients train themselves that anytime anything isn't working right or they say something negative to themselves or someone says something negative to them internally they say the word cancel and then repeat to themselves a positive statement because the subconscious mind abhors a vacuum It's always going to be talking. It's always going to be pulling in information. It's always going to be filing things in your database. So if you don't change that perspective, you know, it's called a catch-22. Something goes wrong and you go, oh, that's the kind of day it's going to be. And so it just keeps going and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is going to be a bad day. So all of those things go wrong. So if you cancel it and replace it with a positive statement, then what's going to happen is the subconscious mind is now working on the positive. So let me see. Um, I'm going to push it, uh, not push against, but I'm, I'm trying to push towards how, how you become aware. I, there was a, I was in a, a case conference. I, I mentioned this on another podcast. I was in a case conference at a, a training hospital where I was working and um, very smart patient. Um, and so the staff was talking to him as a psychiatric staff. And, and the, one of the psychiatrists said, are you aware of how 
much of your unconscious is going on here. And he said, if I was aware, it wouldn't be unconscious. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, so how do we move to that awareness if what we have, I mean, if, if I kind of see my world as just that's the way it is or I'm just going about my day, how do I switch on the awareness switch so that I'm noticing where those patterns are repeating and where I'm stuck? Okay. When something is happening, you have to be aware of your actions and your thought process. Now, a lot of times we're aware of our actions, but not the thought that created that action. So uh, that action is actually coming from your perception of what's going on around you, which your subconscious has created. So to be aware, you have to look at what am I saying and doing right now? And then it's like, okay, what I'm doing and saying is very negative. And then you take the action to reverse that or flip it, however you want to talk about it. But it's the awareness is a lot of times now they're calling it consciousness. So it's to me, it's just an awareness of who you are and what you're doing at that point in time. Don't go on autopilot because nine chances out of 10 autopilot's going to take you down the wrong path unless you have programmed positive autopilot programs into your subconscious mind. So let's say that um, I have gone through my day and then I've gotten to, you know, I've finished with work. I'm, I'm back at home. Uh, how do I get to that? Uh, is it something I reflect on or is it something I'm doing in the moment as things are happening? Well, the best thing is if you get it, once you start reprogramming the subconscious mind, it automatically go into whatever's going on in that moment in time. You become aware. It's part of that process that you become aware. But if when you get home and you start reflecting on the things that you weren't quite happy with that went on through the day, okay, you can't change what happened. But in your subconscious mind, you can change your reaction to what happened hmm. so that now it is no longer a negative thing that confronts you. It's something that you know now, okay, there are no failures. There's only learning experiences. So if today I did something and I'm not comfortable with it, if I become aware of that and look at what can I learn from this? What can I do tomorrow that's going to take me on a positive path when this when I encounter this again? Then that becomes part of the programming. So I have a feeling that there are a lot of people who and that when you just said there, there's no failure, there's just learning her going, man, I'm learning a whole lot right now. <laughs> I, I, know. I, I just don't know what it is. Uh, so. Uh, one of the things that I've become aware of is that as I'm thinking through my day, the places where I reflect best on, okay, what do I need to look at is when I go, that wasn't my fault. You know, I, I, that's, that's not on me and I put it on someone else and uh, that that's a place for me to reflect on that and ask the question, what role did I play? Not, I didn't play a role, but what role did I play in that? Right. Right. And what can I learn from that? Even if it's only you learn, don't do it again. Mm. It's still a learning experience. Okay. Some of the biggest lessons we get and we move forward with other things that went wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Yeah. You know, I Edison is one of my favorite people. He was dyslexic and it took him forever to invent the light bulb. And somebody said to him, you know, you've failed, let's say 500 times to invent the light bulb. He said, no, I found 500 ways you cannot invent the light bulb. Mm -hmm. 
So he just switched it around. It was not a negative anymore. It's about, okay, this is what happened in my day. Let me look at it. What can I learn from it? What can I do more positively? And then talk to yourself. You know, when I was a kid, I talked to myself about what happened today. Okay, what could I have done differently? Tomorrow I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and it's going to come out good. So that's the part of the programming. And in the evening, people, before they go to bed at night, don't realize that whatever they process, what their thought process is and what they're talking about before they go to sleep at night because they're falling into alpha, your subconscious mind starts repeating that. It goes into a loop. So all night long, you're hearing your subconscious mind is playing that same record over and over again. They wonder why they get up in the morning and they're exhausted when they got eight or ten hours of sleep. It's because their subconscious mind has been working on all that negativity all night long. So even going to sleep with uh, meditation music or watching a comedy or, you know, just saying good things to yourself. Yeah, that's uh, one of the conversations I've had with people is, you know, think about how most people in their day flipping on the 11 o'clock news, which is uh, all fear, <laughs> yes, um, yes. or they watch some very intense show that's uh, all fear. I mean, that's what keeps us kind of going for those things yeah. um, or checking our email, which often is about fear of what I've got to face the next day. Exactly. And that's the piece that we're loading up at the, at the end of the day. So, um, how how do, how can you look, well let's go let's keep going through this the first one is becoming aware i think that the aware piece may become more clear as we go through what's the next a in that and then we can talk about how practically to go through this okay so now that you become aware of it look at what it is your subconscious mind is processing is it processing all negative is there a little bit of negative and positive in there what is it processing at this point in time? Is that more of the aware? Yes, it, it's an extension of the aware. Once you become aware of it, then the next step is, what is it that I'm aware of? What is the process about? What am I going through? What are, what are the words and feelings that I have? Because your subconscious mind works on emotions constantly. So when you look at that, then it's like, okay, I acknowledge I'm going down this dark road here. Okay, you're aware of it, and now there's where you're going. Now you take action to reverse that. Okay. So it, you can use the emotional CPR. I have a lot of other techniques in the book and that that you can use that are very easy. And it's like that. my biggest one is pen to paper, which being dyslexic, sometimes that's not – it's a tough thing to do mm -hmm. to, to write down. what. So I tell people just type it. Type it if you have to, but the whole thing about it is once you're done with it, you tear it up and you throw it away. Because hmm. in, in releasing it and getting rid of it, the subconscious mind goes, oh, we don't need that anymore. Okay. So as we're aware of what's coming in and noticing what the subconscious is processing, which basically noticing that subconscious, is that noticing um, those thoughts that keep ticking through your head that, that are kind of below the surface that are you know, or just kind of the background noise of our mind. Right, right. You can, it, it's feelings, it's emotions. You know, sometimes even you, you get those feelings and you go, can't figure out where they came from hmm. because something happened that triggered your subconscious mind to go into a certain folder and bring information up to you. But it doesn't say to you, this is why we're thinking about this now. 
I mean, think about the times that you've, uh, you know, met somebody and you immediately felt very, very comfortable with them. Or you met somebody and you felt very uncomfortable with them. There's something about those people that your subconscious mind recognized, whether it was a tone of voice, what they were wearing, a a smell, an aftershave, a perfume that brought back something that was stored in your subconscious mind and made you respond in a certain way. I mean, it happens with music and with food all the time when you think about it. You know, three different people can be listening to the same piece of music and each one of them has a different perception of what that music is about and whether they love it or hate it. The fact is it's music, but everybody's perception is very individual and very personal as to how they're responding to that. And that's kind of what your subconscious mind does. You've accumulated all this information and it's associated with an emotion within your subconscious mind. It's either happy, sad, uncomfortable. So once you get to that point, you recognize that, then you have the benefit of saying, wait, no, 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 cancel that out. I'm a loving, caring person. Some phrase that you're comfortable with, that that's usually what my students and clients start out with, with that phrase, and then they go on to other ones. But, you know, it's, it's, that's basically what happens with it, because the subconscious mind is, is just going to keep repeating whatever you tell it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to make sure we highlight the, the three A's and clearly state them. The first one, aware. Yes. Next one. Is acknowledge. Acknowledge. Okay, so define that the processing in the subconscious mind is is taking over. It's doing something. And then the last day is the action. Use some sort of technique or emotional CPR or writing or just rephrasing what's going on in your subconscious mind. Dig in there and find something positive so that now it's going to process to the positive instead of the negative that you started going through. Okay. I, I heard you walk through that, but I want to make sure we highlight the, those three as, as clearly. So awareness is kind of the becoming awareness. You, oh, okay. And even the fact that we're having this conversation brings some awareness. Yes. And so we begin to be aware that our mind really isn't always the kindest in, you know, those what it's feeding us all the time, partly because of what we've fed it and what the world has fed it. So we're becoming aware of that background. And then we're able to acknowledge the fact that that has an effect on us and acknowledge that also we have a responsibility in deciding what happens next. Exactly. Perfect. That's perfect. And, And the whole thing is, I keep saying to everybody, it all begins and ends with you. So, you know, earlier in our conversation, you said something about we're always looking to point to somebody else when something goes wrong. That's human. That's just what we do. But when you start acknowledging the fact that it all begins and ends with you, it's your responsibility how your outcome is. When you take over the subconscious mind programming, then the outcome is what you decide it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about the the techniques that people can uh, you talk some I mean, we've talked about you've talked about them but I want to just highlight each one so the emotional CPR yes that's um, it's just CP and R C is for the word cancel when something negative is going on or someone says something negative to you and we're our own worst enemies we say more negative things to ourselves than other people do so when that happens then just 
say the word cancel inside your head and then positively replace whatever went on and just pick a phrase that makes you feel good about you something that's positive eventually you'll get to the point where you will repeat a phrase that has has to do with what is transpiring at that moment in time okay and so finding that phrase really is your um that's the reprogramming piece yes right can you, right. can you suggest some of the phrases that others, I'm not that this is, I mean, I think people do have to find the one that like clicks for them, but just some common ones that maybe you've heard repeated by people that they use to do that reprogramming. Sure. It depends on each circumstances, but a lot of people say, I'm open and accepting of the wealth that is now coming into my life. Okay. Um, I am now open and accepting of press, press, yeah, prosperity on all levels entering my life. Mm-hmm. I, I now accept that my body, mind, and spirit are becoming one each and every day. Um, I now accept that I have loving relationships in my life that are going to continue happily. So it, it, you have to look at what's the negative part. And just flip it around. In fact, when I do my my four-week classes with people, it's easier to look at the negative because that's who we are. So when we start to do positive affirmations or declarations or statements, I tell them, go ahead and look at the negative first and then just flip it. Because it's easier for us as human beings to look at the negative. So it's like... You know, I can't sleep at night. I'm always awake at night. And you start saying, well, um, uh, uh, tonight when I go to sleep, you know, I'm not going to keep waking up. I'm not going to keep waking up. That does nothing for the subconscious mind. What you have to say is tonight I will sleep quietly, peacefully and awaken, refreshed and energized. So it all has to be positive statements. Otherwise, the subconscious mind is going to focus on the fact that you're waking up mm. instead of the fact that you're sleeping peacefully throughout the night. Yeah, that's always uh, when I try to clarify that with people, that the fact that the subconscious is not good on the, ne- the negatives. You know, my simple thing is don't think of a pink elephant. Yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but, you know, as human beings, we, the negative pops up immediately. So I just teach people how to flip it. In fact, I created a dictionary. It's called a word, word flipping dictionary. And my students and clients and I, every time somebody comes up with a word, we find another word to turn it around to be positive. Mm-hmm. So when you talked about the, the writing technique. Yes. What, what would that look like? Um, on a practical, let's say in the evening, you decide you're going to do some writing. What would what would you be making sure you're writing? Are you are you journaling to what's negative, or are you going ahead and moving to what you want to have there instead? Okay, good. I'm going to go two directions with you on this. If you're journaling, that's fine. If you want to uh, write or express the negative things that happen, but you always finish your journaling with positive information. Okay, all the things that went right with you. The other part of it is to get rid of the negative process. Say you're not somebody that's good at uh, confrontation. And maybe sometime during the day, somebody confronted you and you kind of got in a disagreement and that. So when you get home at night, it's like you still have that little bit of anxiety or discomfort that you didn't control the situation the way you felt you should have. 
So write down on the piece of paper how you think it should have gone or write down what you would have liked to have said to that person because you're not confrontational. So you would never say those things to that person. So you write them down on the piece of paper. You don't worry about your English. You don't worry about spelling, no grammar, no, just write it all down and then tear it up in tiny, tiny, tiny little pieces and throw it away. If you can burn it, it's even better. And when you're throwing it away, just say, I release this to the universe and it's done. Because as long as you keep it inside, the subconscious mind is going to keep going back to it. So once that's, uh, so let me let me go with what one of the things I've often heard people do when they journaling. They they'll journal and then they go back and keep reading. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not into pain. So once. Once you go through something and it's uncomfortable, then I want to reverse it. I want to change what your response is to that. I can't change what happened, but I can't change what your subconscious mind response is to that. And it becomes much less painful. So going over it over and over again is not a good thing. If you're going to write in a journal and you end up with something positive, if you go over the positive stuff, that's fine. I find I use the... um, pen to paper process a lot with people who have lost somebody and felt they still had issues with that individual that now they can't confront. I I did it with my father when he passed. I had issues that we had not resolved. And I sat down and started writing him a letter about why things had not gotten resolved or certain things. And as I was writing, I realized I had wanted this man to be somebody he couldn't be. I knew he loved me, but that you know, he was a good old guy that the feelings just, you didn't expand them. So that letter kind of brought me back to source. I knew that he loved me and it was okay. The resolution was right there. I didn't have to do anything more. I I tore up most of the pages, the page that was left that explained that he loved me and how everything was okay. Now I kept, but when people lose someone and they have you know, things that were not resolved, that can eat at you for a long, long time. So just putting it on paper and throwing it away and getting rid of it is to get it out of that subconscious mind process where it can keep going back for you to look at and make you uncomfortable again. Hmm. Okay, so now we, we kind of have this idea of, of how to think about this to become aware of it, to acknowledge it, even how to take some actions to change that. What are some maybe common mistakes that people make when they're trying to do this? Because they're really trying, I mean, when you talk about reprogramming, we all, we all know that they're, um, you're, you're dealing with a lot of old stuff, right? That years of old stuff. So what are some kind of common mistakes that people make in that process? Well, the, the biggest one is even though my processes are simple to do, they don't keep doing them. It's repetition. Okay. Your subconscious mind has been programmed by the things that were done in your life that were repeated and repeated in order to reprogram them to write over those old problems and issues. You have to keep repeating it like the emotional CPR, the letters, the pen to paper. It's not something you do once and then your whole life turns into this wonderful rosy thing. It doesn't work that way. These are all techniques that you use constantly and over and over whenever you need them. This is not a one, you know, it's not a a magic wand that's going to make everything go away because a lot of the things that issues that we have have been going on for a long time and then been in that subconscious mind for a long time. So the biggest issue is 
the repetition. You have to keep going at this. And it gets to the point then when your subconscious mind becomes on autopilot for the positive. I have a lot of people tell me that once they say cancel, everything goes right. They don't even have to think about the, the positive phrase because the subconscious mind now knows that when they say the word cancel, they're going on to something better, something that makes them feel good, something that's more positive. And it's as they get better at this, I mean, as it becomes a habit. Yes. What are the signs that that it's moving in that direction? I mean, in other words, how do you know you're getting, you're doing it better? How, how do you, what, what are the signs? Well, your life becomes much easier. You're much more relaxed. There's less stress in your life. You understand what's going on. And if something goes wrong, it's really unusual. You just kind of look at it and go, oh, what was that? Okay, because everything is on a negative on a positive scale now instead of the negative part and things start flowing easier in your life. Life doesn't have to be hard. You know, there's it doesn't have to be a struggle. As human beings, we create those struggles and we emphasize them once you can see it in your life as it's going along. And the biggest part of it is when something does go wrong, that all of a sudden you acknowledge and go, wow, okay, I can handle this. I know exactly what to do with this, because now it's become part of your process to move everything into that positive space. Let's talk a little bit about your your new book. Tell us the title of it and what that's about. Okay. The title was a little, it took me a long time to get this title. <laughs> Four different titles while I was writing it. Nobody liked any of them. And so um, basically what it is, it's called, You're Not the Boss of Me, Taking Control of Your Subconscious Mind. Because really, when you're letting your subconscious mind go on its own and go on autopilot, it, it becomes the boss. You're doing things automatically. And then afterwards, you go, oh, why did I do that again? I know that's not going to work, okay? So I want everybody to take control. It's just a beginner's guide. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. It's got a lot of graphics in it, and it's just a fun book, but it gives you all the information you need to move that subconscious mind into a process where you become the boss, and you're directing the subconscious mind instead of it being in control. So we've all read uh, psychology books that are just, you know, hard to get through and even self-help books that seem like they're, you know, three, 400 pages. This is a guide to, to really move you through the process fairly quickly. Is that correct? Yes, very quickly and very easily and gently. And it has a lot of uh, graphics in it and it has a lot of stories to show you exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you know, when we said that, you know, the perception part where there's three different people going through something and there's, three different experiences. The perception is totally different. And a lot of people will go, the first time I explain the subconscious mind to them, we go, how come nobody ever told me about this? Mm -hmm. It should be in the schools so that the kids really understand. And that's one of my passions is to, I've gone to a few of the schools and talked to them about it, um, is to get the children so that they understand what that habit is, where that's coming from, why they do the same things over and over again and then feel bad about them. Yeah, this this is stuff that uh, if we knew it earlier on, it'd be easier to break the habit. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, adults are thinking that whatever uh, whatever they perceive is reality. Yes. Instead of it filtering through some other lens in their mind. Right. 
You're absolutely right, because our perception is our perception. You know, three, that's why when there's a car accident, how many definitions of what happened do you get? You know, everybody perceives it in a little bit different way. So and a lot of the things from our childhood come up that create our perception of that sayings. You know, the money is the root of all evil. So that individual is going to live with that. They're not going to be prosperous because mm-hmm. they think it'll be bad to have money. Right, right. So, becomes something becomes dangerous instead of it being neutral or exactly. something that could be used in a different way. Right, exactly. So, you know, and, and, you know, if there weren't so many rich people, we'd have more money. You know, it, it's just those things offhandedly that were said in childhood that, and even in adulthood, that get programmed into our subconscious mind because we don't stop them. We internalize them and say, oh, yeah, that must be the way it is. So, Dot, um, in order to get the book, what, what can people do? How can people connect with you? That's probably a better thing. It might not. What's the best way of, of getting in contact with you and connecting? Okay. The best way is my website, .campbell.com. And if they want the free po- copy of the book, uh, I'll send them. The, they'll get the, all 112 pages of it for free. Just .campbell.com slash book. So I want to be specific when you say .campbell.com, it's D-O-T, not the it's, dot. Right, I know. It's, I should be more explicit with that. A lot of people have gotten confused. It's D-O-T-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, and then the dot, the period, C-O-M, and then slash book. Perfect. And and that's to get that all for free. So a great yes. way. And by the way, this is not a free book. Um, just to be clear with people, this is for sale. I mean, if you wanted to buy it, you can get the Kindle version and, and pay for it. And the paperback's coming out soon. But if you would like to get it for free, just go to dotcampbell.com slash book. And uh, that's where you can find it. Yes. Dot, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I think that uh, this is one of those areas that people often are surprised on how much the subconscious rules our life until we decide to make a change. So I appreciate you sharing some ways of getting that process started. Well, thank you very much, Lee. It was a privilege to be on your program. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your book. Thank you. Bye-bye. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.